This is Derek Moyer, and welcome to the Freedom Fighter Podcast. So welcome friends to another Freedom Fighter podcast. How you all doing? Hope you're good. Uh, joining us this week as we continue our series on Captivated by Communion is our special guest, John Edwards. And John um, is, I'm basically just interviewing him, asking him uh, questions around how important this kind of communion, God's presence, absorbing good, um, you know, Meditating, considering communion with God, how important, how much a priority it's been in his life. He shares rich, rich treasures with us uh, through some of the darkest and most difficult moments of his life, how he's been able to, to um, re- remain standing and pe- persevering um, and how the encounters with God that, that he's had has kept him strong and, and persevering and, and persisting through things. So I had to break this into two parts uh, with the with the, the length of the the, the um, you know the interview. So here's the first part. I pray it deeply encourages you guys as you're listening. So guys, how you all doing? Good to be back. Um, great. Uh, we um, surprise the day. My friend John Edwards is with doing there in Bradford. Kayleigh and Bradford, how you doing? Keithley, is it Keithley? Keithley, yeah. Great to be here. Great to be here. Thanks, John. So. We're picking up uh, where we left off on Captivated by Communion. And uh, have you been following us? Um, you've heard Psalm 27.4. You've heard uh, David's, um, you know, this cry in his heart, this desire in his heart saying, I am asking and seeking and searching for and demanding and insisting upon this one thing, uh, that I would dwell in God's presence all the days of my life that I would absorb his beauty and that I would meditate and inquire and uh, and uh, consider in his in his temple. So I hope you've enjoyed that and, and the you know the parts we went through with that. So I've asked John to come on today um you know to share his experience uh, of the 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 you know what David was communicating that, that how important this connection with God, this intimacy with God, this encounter with God, daily encounter with God, has been in John's life. So, John, can you just actually open up about a prayer? Uh, yeah, sure. Before we start, please. Uh, Father, we just open up here, Lord God, in prayer. We pray you bless everybody who's listening. Mm-hmm. We pray for your anointing upon all that we say and do during this broadcast, Lord God, during the Zoom, Father. Mm-hmm. Or anybody watching who's struggling with uh, anxiety or depression, or temptation, Lord God, or drugs, or drink, or porn, or whatever, Lord God. We pray that your anointing will be here today, and we break it today, Father God. Anybody sick, you need a healing mentally or physically, Lord God, we pray for, for, for freedom for them here today as well, during this Zoom, we pray, Father. So bless everything we do and say, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Join. Amen, sir. So, I. So are we, what's your thoughts when that comes up? When you, you know, when you hear the, 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 the cry of David that this is so important to him, you know, what's your journey been with these things? Well, um, it's funny that we're talking on this subject because it's a subject that's been in my mind a lot lately, and I guess, I guess it's on my mind every day, is to be found in the presence of God. Mm-hmm. It reminds me. I remember 
when I was in Teen Challenge over 30 years ago now. And in the afternoons, I used to work in an office doing the photocopying. I used to photocopy all the studies. And I used to pray while I was in there. And I used to pray, Lord, let me, fa- let me be found in your presence. And when I meet other people, may they not so much sense my presence or my personality, but may they sense the presence of God. And that's been my prayer all my life. And I've always endeavoured to really press into God. And script, that scripture you mentioned with King David is so important to me, but it, it's echoed in other parts of scripture as well. Yeah. Because scripture interprets scripture, you know. Mm-hmm. In John 15, it says, if you abide in me and you abide in my word. Mm-hmm. Verse 7, it says, you can ask whatever you will and it will be done for you. Mm-hmm. So we know, guys, and as we grow in the Lord, we know it's not that's not about asking for selfish personal things for mm-hmm. For the next best house or car or whatever mm-hmm, mm-hmm. even though god wants us to have the best but um yeah. that's more about praying to be found in his presence because in the context of that scripture mm-hmm. it's about abiding in his presence so if we abide in his love mm-hmm. and his word mm-hmm. and um it's a very we got it's something we need to prioritize because the book of james tells us in chapter one verse 20 to 22 it says um be ye doers of my word which mm-hmm. basically is what john is saying in chapter 15 yeah, abide in my word. Uh, uh, abide in my word. Be doers of my word. Mm-hmm. And it says, "Don't be like a man who looks in the mirror." Yeah, and on looking away, immediately forgets what he looks like. Yeah, be ye doers of my word. And the promise at the end of that, and as Christians, we live by God's promises. Mm-hmm. And the promise at the end of it is that we'd be blessed in all that we do. Mm-hmm. And as I, you know, every morning when I wake up, I, you know, I'm a thinker, and I think, and I think, okay. How am I feeling this morning? Mm-hmm. So I find sometimes I've, I've, I've had a bad dream. and I still sometimes have bad dreams, you know, or maybe in the dream I'm getting attacked. Mm-hmm. My character is getting attacked in the dream. I, I, I get that quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Maybe my character is getting attacked. I had a dream the other night where somebody wanted to fight me, and it was a girl. She wanted to box me. She was dressed in boxing gloves and everything. She wanted to fight me. And I didn't want to hear her in the dream. <laughs> And um, she began to, they, they, her and her friends began to make fun of me and say, oh, you can't fight, you can't fight, you won't hit us, come on. Mm-hmm. And they were going like this. And mm-hmm. I, I was thinking in my mind, I will knock you out in a minute if you don't stop it, you know. <laughs> but, then, but then the Christian side of me wouldn't allow me to do it. Yeah. And I woke up, mm-hmm. uh, I woke up that morning, and the dream, why, I don't know, no idea why I dreamt that. Mm-hmm. And, um, but I woke up the next morning and um, I found myself defeated. Mm. In my feelings, mm-hmm. and quite often we wake up in dreams, and other influences can affect. Uh, I speak for myself; it affects, mm-hmm. and I have to, on purpose, press into the presence of God, to abide in His presence, mm-hmm. so that I escape the environment or the atmosphere that's created by other influences in my life. Mm-hmm. Amen. This morning I was out, um, giving, getting a hamper ready for somebody, and. Mm-hmm. Um, the other day, the day before, yesterday we were given hampers out, the whole team, and on Tuesday I was given hampers out. Mm-hmm. It's very busy at the moment. Mm-hmm. I was with a young guy on Tuesday, and um, he's 18 years of age. Mm-hmm. I've been helping him and his mum for quite a while, preaching the gospel. They gave the hearts to the Lord. But the guy decided to do his own thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, he, he got a girlfriend, and he was very controlling with her, and I was trying to coach him, and I was very strong with him, like a, a father figure in his life. Mm-hmm. And I said, you know, he began to hit the girl mm. and I rebuked him very strongly. And I said, if you don't do this, there's going to be consequences to your decisions. Mm-hmm. You're not making decisions that are conducive with abiding in the presence of God. 
I said, and when you make decisions outside of the word of God, there are direct consequences. <laughs> and I always say, good decisions, good consequences. Bad decisions, bad consequences. Yeah. And so I was teaching this guy, but he wouldn't listen. Decided <laughs> to abide in the reality that he wanted to create. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And Proverbs 23 tells us, as a man thinks, so he is. Yeah. And we can trace every circumstance in our life back to a seed thought. Yeah. So I had to bring him around a hamper on Tuesday. Now he's living in a little one room bed sit. Mm -hmm. friend has left him. Mm -hmm. He's pregnant. Mm -hmm. Living in a mother and baby unit. He's only just turned 18. Mm -hmm. uh, lots of people around him are using drugs and drinking. Mm -hmm. I cracked cocaine for the first time last week. Mm -hmm. And I sat him down in his bed and I said, I told you months ago, you have a choice. Mm -hmm choose to abide in the presence of God and read the word and choose to do what it says or else you can lean upon your own understanding mm. do what you want to do mm -hmm. I said consequences will happen one way or the other mm. so I said do you want to continue going down the road are you happy at the moment I said he said no I'm absolutely miserable mm. I said can you see it all relates back to your personal responsibility mm -hmm. or choices that you made and also the refusal that you had to listen to wisdom mm -hmm. I said, are you mature enough to join up those dots? And he said, yeah. And I said, well, are you prepared to make new decisions? Will you go back to church? Mm -hmm. Repent. And I explained to him, the word repent means to change your way of thinking. Mm -hmm. Will you decide to seek God and to dwell in his presence? And that means your behavior has to change. He said, yes, I will. Mm -hmm. And I said, it's easy to say that now because I've just pointed everything out to you. <laughs> I said... I'm going to give you a week to think about it. Yeah. I'm, going to, I'm going to leave you to waller in your squalor. Mm. Okay. Mm. And uh, you're going to sit there in it for a week. I'll bring another hamper to you next week. Mm -hmm. I'll talk to you again. And if you still want to change, then I'll do something. Mm -hmm. Because quite often when something's pointed out to somebody, mm -hmm. they'll make the decision, yes, I want to live in God's presence. But then when mm -hmm. you leave and they meet their mates, mm -hmm. other influences come into the world that influence mm -hmm. the decision. Mm -hmm. And I, and I think John, just when you're saying that, you know that that when you look at the context of David's uh, this verse four, it's in it's it's in the back of him saying, "God's the strength of my life. Uh, he's a, my light, my salvation. Who am I going to fear? When the wicked, even my enemies, came upon me to eat my flesh up, they stumbled and fell. Though this host, this army, camp against me, my heart's not going to fear. Though war may arise against me, in this I'm going to be confident." God's my strength. But this is the one thing then that I ask of him. And I know that as, as you're talking there, especially even at your stage, you're saying that the warfare or the, the thoughts that's coming in through the through you know whatever influence or, or transference for somewhere, you know, we, we are so dependent upon getting in to, to, to link ourselves up with the God, God's spirit, his divine power. In his presence to then to reorient ourselves, you know, from the daily bombardment that can be happening. And right. but, you know, with regards to that boy, you know, just looking at you know, this is David saying as a man, a man of war, a, a leader, a king, and he's saying, This is what kept me safe. Verse five, in the day of trouble, he hid me in his shelter, in his secret place, he hid me. He lift my head up. Uh, above the enemies around me. And I, you just think, what we're trying to communicate 
what you're trying to communicate to that boy is, do you not understand what the, where the only safest place is? How much danger there is when you when you just when you just blindly get through life and be led like a lamb to the slaughter into all this temptation and into all sorts of pitfalls down the line. Um, you know, so it's how, how important how how important it is. Like David, I'm insisting upon this. I'm not just going, aye, maybe I'll see what happens. No, I'm deciding. This is so important for me that I'm getting in his presence and I think part of what I wanted to ask you, you know, because I know, as you're saying, recently you've been feeling this. And I know I know that's what's happened to me. And I spoke to Michael Holloway, I spoke to others that hadn't communicated any of this stuff to personally. I hadn't communicated my own personal experience over the lockdown and, and over the difficulties we've had. But it seemed to me that there was... I've heard in so many other people as well that God was drawing them back to this trysting place, this place where you're meeting your lover, where you're coming to you're coming to this appointment. You're summoned in a sense that you're going, ah, if I keep looking at this world, if I keep going to these rank sources and wells, I'm getting done and done and done. How it's been so important. Are you, have you found that through lockdown, the importance of God's presence it just seems to have been amplified. Yeah. <laughs> I guess lockdown lockdown has exacerbated a bit, but I find it all the time. Since I changed, since God changed my life, and since I made a decision to change my life as well, mm-hmm. I've had to. I've had to continue to press into the presence of God. But King David, when he made, when he talked about those scriptures, don't forget that all the experiences he had, he had defeated different influences in his life. Mm-hmm. He had defeated Goliath. Mm-hmm. He had been in the cave of Adullam. Mm-hmm. Now, he had dealt with fear of King Saul chasing him, mm-hmm. so he defeated the giant of fear. He had defeated the giant of um, of Goliath. Mm-hmm. He had faced so many different things: insecurity, mm-hmm. all the different low self-esteem, being the least mm-hmm. in his family, mm-hmm. outminding the sheep while his brothers were more were more honoured. Mm-hmm. You know, and um, he was the last one to be chosen as king. Mm-hmm. All his brothers they looked better; they looked like they were kings. But but David was was um, was was chosen, and he had to fight a battle. So when David prayed that prayer. To God, he knew he was who he was. He said, "The Lord is my strength." Mm-hmm. He knew that God was his strength, mm-hmm. but he didn't know that until he had beaten influences in his world. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know that in my life until I'd beaten certain influences in my world. Mm-hmm. Now, influences can take us out. Voices, personalities can take us. A lot of people say they know themselves. King David knew himself. Mm-hmm. And therefore, he could say, you know, the Lord is my strength and, and my portion and so on. Mm-hmm. And, oh, that I be found in your presence. And he, he knew himself because he was aware that he could be found in the presence of other things. Mm-hmm. He could be found in the, pe- in the presence of intimidation. Mm-hmm. He could be found in the presence of uh, jealousy. Mm-hmm. He could be found mm-hmm. in the presence of lots of other factors. And he, has, he had come to the place where he had defeated these things. And through that, he had a revelation of who he was. Mm-hmm. And when he realized who he was, he realized his strength was in God. Mm-hmm. And uh, then he was able to say, you know, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, mm-hmm. I will fear no evil. Because mm-hmm. he faced all different types of evil. And he came to a place where he didn't fear evil any longer. Mm-hmm. Is that your uh, story, John? That's my story. Yeah. I've, faced, I've faced evil, man. Mm-hmm. I have faced stuff. I've, I've, you know, my, the biggest giant I had to face was myself. Mm. It wasn't any demon or, or, or devil, you know. You know, the Bible tells us in Luke 10, 19, mm-hmm. 
that we have given authority to trample upon snakes and scorpions, and he can in no way harm us. Mm -hmm. Authority that's not exercised mm -hmm. against the influences that come at us is no authority at all. Exactly. Those influences that come at us will take us out until, like King David, we fight them. Mm -hmm come to a place where all we desire is to be found in his presence. Mm -hmm. That's what John 15 is about. Mm -hmm. John 14, you know, that Jesus is talking and he says, and, and he says, um, I am the way, the truth and the life. Mm -hmm. You know, be with me and you will have fullness of joy. Mm -hmm. Surely that's what we all want. Mm -hmm. exactly. And for, for people like us, we looked in drink and yeah. drugs and sex and gambling and yeah. so many numerous other things. Mm -hmm. And they become strongholds in our life, and then to pull out of those influences takes everything. Exactly, and what what to me, my communication that is that the wrong wells. Even even nowadays, the social media, the well of social media, looking for some relief, some stimulation, something that that actually uh, it's the wrong well, and the battle that's on. Because I, I mean, when you're reading some some of these men, obviously they never had. They never had the instant. Couldn't get from A to B like we can get to A to B as quickly. So there was no, there was more of a transitional period from places to places, and then you've got the this constant stimulation, constant uh, attention and interest being being uh, you know manipulated and attracted into something. So to to be to say that this is a priority, we started John. I I I, I obviously had a you know I had. You know, I felt the inspiration to talk about this when I was in Spain. But after the camp up at Port Van, I'd watched this movie, Ferdinand. The long and short, it's a, it's a DreamWorks animation, I think it is. But the big, the big, the main character is a bull. And the long and short is, he led his friends who were so rooted in all the prejudices of their culture and the bull culture. This is not what you do. That's don't do that. You're a wussy for thinking that. You don't go there. Don't do this. Just be hard and violent and aggressive. And at the end of it, the guy didn't give up with him. He ended up leading them to a new world where beauty and and uh, you know um, appreciation things like that were that was their new norm. And I looked at it and I thought, wow, what, what such a message in the light of just me talking into this that actually that's what that's what we're trying to say. You know, we're not. You know, people can start dismissing it. Oh, they're religious. For these religious folk, and <laughs> you're actually saying, if if you neglect this, neglect it at your peril. Go and yeah. absorb yourself in all this rank stuff. The world, every bit of the 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 wells of the world can throw at you, and look what it does to you. Because if if you're if you could tell your story, and I could tell mine of what what the impact our Dan hangs our way done to us, just like this boy. It's it's heartbreaking, and what we're trying to do is is actually invite invite you know you's listening those that don't know any better that actually that doesn't need to be the case. You you can you can learn to you can uh, experience a new life and be transformed and have all this stuff that's that's uh, you know that's that's contaminating and and ruining your life. Uh, you can't be set free for it. Well, I remember when I when I went to Team Challenge, um, when I decided to change my life, I had enough of addiction. I have enough of alcoholism and drug addiction, mm -hmm. and um, I made such a I made a very big decision. And people these days have for many times have forgotten how to make big decisions. Mm -hmm. 
I, I was so sick of drugs and drink, but I had experienced the presence of God. And what I wanted in my life was the presence of God. And opposed to the presence of God was drugs and drink. Mm-hmm. So the drugs and drink had to go because I wanted to be in the presence of God. Mm-hmm. I saw it, and so there was giants I had to fight. Mm-hmm. And I was, I was taking over 100 Valium a day, and I was totally, completely addicted mm-hmm. to booze as well. And uh, when I went to Teen Challenge, I cut down to 20 a day. I was still addicted. But despite my addiction, I still went, and I cold turkeyed. And I beat that thing, and I got free, so I could be in the presence of God. Mm-hmm. And I've always found that attitude when, when, when those opportunities come, I turn them into divine appointments, mm-hmm. and I try to do what God wants me to do. Another example is when I had my liver transplant 15 years ago, mm-hmm. 16 years ago, and I was in the hospital, and um, I had my, I had cancer in my liver, and they took my liver out, they gave me a new liver. And I was cut all the way down here and across my middle as well. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't even walk. I was in a wheelchair. Mm-hmm. And I was a marathon runner before mm-hmm. my um, liver transplant. I've run loads of marathons. Mm-hmm. And I was very, I was always thrilled to be very fit. Mm-hmm. But now my fitness was gone. Mm-hmm. And um, I was in the hospital. I thought, what am I going to do? I could feel the influence of my circumstances trying to pull me down to a place of ineffectiveness. Mm-hmm. And I thought, no, it's trying to rob me of who John Edwards is. Mm-hmm. I'm going to fight this. My attitude needs to be to fight this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I remember my wife, Tricia, pulled the computer down over me in the high dependency ward in Edinburgh Royal Infirmary. And I, I, I had a little thing in my hand that I could do the internet on. Mm-hmm. And I'm all stapled up across here, tubes up my nose and everything. Mm-hmm. And I found something called the Irish National Transplant Games. Mm-hmm. And um, I applied to run in it um, while I was in hospital. <laughs> and I got an answer back that afternoon and said, no, Mr. Edwards, we, you know, mm-hmm. you're in hospital. They said nobody's ever applied to run, in, run when they've just had a transplant mm-hmm. two days ago. Yeah. <laughs> and I wrote back and I said, I'm not just anybody. <laughs> yeah. I said, I'm fighting for my, I'm fighting for my health. Please yeah. let me run in it. And I persevered and persevered till they gave in. Mm-hmm. And they said, by in, in a few days, they said, right, you can run. Mm-hmm. So a good few months later. But that's what pulled me out of my bed. Aye. It pulled me out of my wheelchair. Aye. A decision. It got me back mm-hmm. on my feet. Mm-hmm. I was bent over, mm-hmm. crippled because of the staples in my tummy. Aye. But I limped across the room. I remember I walked across the room, my hospital room, and I was showered. Somebody else had to shower me. That was like humiliating. But that's the situation I was in. Mm -hmm. But it took me more energy to walk across that room than what it did for lots of things in my life. Mm -hmm. And it took a stronger attitude to walk across that room. But then I began to walk around the ward. Then I began to go up and down the stairs. Mm -hmm. And I set a goal that week that I would have a cup of tea in the canteen by that Friday. Mm -hmm. And I walked down the canteen on my own. And uh, my bag burst down there, all all the stuff came on the floor. So, Mm -hmm. But I did it. And then I began to, when I got home, I began to trot and walk and run. Mm-hmm. And eventually, a few months later, I ran in the Irish National Transplant Games. Yeah. And I became the Irish champion in the 1,500 metres, 800 metres and 400 metres. Mm-hmm. And it was my attitude that did it. Mm-hmm. I have no idea where the medals are. I couldn't give two rips about the medals. Mm-hmm. But I knew there was a champion in me. Mm-hmm. If I could abide in the presence of God in me mm-hmm. and have that attitude that I am not going to give in mm-hmm. and I pushed myself into the presence of God mm-hmm. praying I was speaking in tongues and praying <laughs> all the time I was doing it yeah. and I pressed into the presence of God and I became the Irish champion in those things mm-hmm. 
transplant, the transplant champion in the 1500 meters, 800 meters, and 400 meters. Mm-hmm. And that was so important for me to do that mm-hmm. because once I'd done that, it was like a benchmark. Mm-hmm. I said it back, I said, thank, thank you, Jesus. Mm-hmm. I can now express myself in who I am. Mm-hmm. Whereas if I hadn't defeated that giant in my life, mm-hmm. I would have operated in a half measure. Yeah. You know, when I, I walked across America, you know that, Derek, yeah? Mm-hmm. I walked and cycled from Los Angeles to New York. Mm-hmm. And I had cancer when I did it. Mm-hmm. Now, I didn't know I had cancer. Mm-hmm. If I had known I had cancer, I probably wouldn't have been able to do it. Mm-hmm. That's, that's what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. We have to operate like Jesus is real. Mm-hmm. We have to operate like he heals, mm-hmm. like he delivers, like he sets us free. Mm-hmm. We have to operate like... There's no weapon that's formed against us can prosper. Mm-hmm. We have to operate like we can do all things through Christ who gives us strength, through abiding in his presence. Mm-hmm. And that's what King David was talking about. Yeah. But King David had to fight so many enemies mm-hmm. in his life, in Malachites. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so many different enemies he had to fight. Mm-hmm. And he did that because he learned before he was famous. Mm-hmm. He learned how to fight all these devils. And the devils were within him. Right. Fear is within us. Yeah. Intimidation affects it's, it affects our environment. It affects our thinking, right. and the warfare. Mm-hmm. Two, 2 Corinthians ten verses three to seven. Mm-hmm. The weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but mm-hmm. they're mighty through God, mm-hmm. tearing down the strongholds. Yeah. What's a stronghold? A stronghold is a group of thoughts that develops a pattern of thinking mm-hmm. that turns into an attitude. Right. And we've got to tear down some of these old stinking thinking mm-hmm. attitudes. Yeah. And replace them with God's thinking, mm-hmm. taking count of every thought mm-hmm. and making obedience to it. So what I'm saying is, I was making my thoughts obedient to the Word of God. Aye. The Bible said I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And I'm lying in a hospital with a liver transplant and there's two different realities. Mm-hmm. Am I going to live according to the reality of my circumstances or am I going to live according to the reality of what the Word of God says about me? Mm-hmm. And I choose to, my strength is in the Lord. Mm-hmm. I know that now because I fought these things. Mm-hmm. Before I was just reading about it, mm-hmm. and the reading was just echoing back to me in the early days. This is who you could be, John, if you put the effort in. Yeah. This is who you could be, John, if you change your way of thinking and mm-hmm. repent mm-hmm. and apply the word to your life. Aye. Well, I began to get up off my Christian backside, <laughs> and I began to do these things, and the miracles began to happen. Brilliant, John. It's a great testimony. Um, I just just one wee quote. I just I was actually reading some this morning. And I wrote this a while ago, a quote for this movie, Megamind, and he said, destiny is not given, it must be chosen. And that's what you just said there, really. You know, this destiny, (laughs) destiny in God has to be chosen. You know, it's not guaranteed that it's, uh, his, 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 uh, if you want to experience God's best, you've got to follow God's instructions. You know, and John, tell us now, we've got a couple of things I want to ask you, um, and what one is the, you know, you you were part of Twelve Steps, helped you greatly, and I know you yeah. support people with the, the celebrate recovery, um, but you know, <clears throat> I'd like you for your perspective to hear your perspective on this eleventh step that, that you sought through prayer after what you say. I, I hear I've heard you say it, you've told me great perspective of the breakdown of the steps, getting right with your God, right with yourself. Right with others, uh, and then this these last ma- maintenance steps. This the the one in the middle says sought through prayer and meditation. 
to improve my conscious contact with God. It sounds like what David was expressing here, to be fair. I am I am insisting upon in, uh, uh, staying close to God in his presence. I'm, I'm going to keep absorbing him and his beauty and his goodness rather than all the other stuff that, that can totally contaminate my life. And I'm going to keep inquiring. I'm going to keep sharing with him and hearing back from him. Um, you know, tell, tell us a wee bit of your experience of that step and how, how that's developed for you. Um, well, the thing that comes to my mind, <clears throat> step 11 is very important. <clears throat> step 11 is the fulfillment, really, of the previous 10 steps. Mm-hmm. The first three steps are about getting right with God. Mm-hmm. Step 4 to um, 9 are, uh, step 4 to 7 are about getting right with ourselves. Mm-hmm. Step 8 and 9 are about getting right with other people. Step 10 is continuing to take personal moral inventory and when we're wrong, promptly admitted it. Mm-hmm. And it bring, leads us to step 11, which says that we sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God. And that is such an important thing. It's, it talks about a, a day, daily practice. Mm-hmm. It talks, it's lifestyle. Mm-hmm. The last two steps are lifestyle. Step 12 says, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, mm-hmm. we tell other people the message. Mm-hmm. Well, we've got nothing to tell people unless we're abiding in the presence of God. Amen. Yes. We're only telling them a story or an echo of what's possible right. if we're not actually living the life. Yeah. So, uh, for me to improve my conscious content with God, to me, for prayer and meditation, I have to pray and meditate in the Word of God every day in my life. Mm-hmm. Now, that doesn't mean I'm a Christian 34 years now. Mm-hmm. I'm not one of these guys that gets up at 6 o'clock in the morning and spends an hour speaking in tongues. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I, I still do that on times. Mm-hmm. And there was a time in my life where I did that for quite a long period of time, mm-hmm. where I got up every morning, I would get my knees and I would pray. And that's a season in my life. Mm-hmm. And I did that for a while. And if God's leading somebody to do that, do that by all means. Mm-hmm. But now I'm in a stage in my life where I just... I don't know, it's kind of God's, you know, Philippians 2.13, it said, it's God who works in us, mm-hmm. do unto will according to his purpose. Mm-hmm. God's kind of taken me into a place where I kind of live in God, and I pray continually. Mm-hmm. And all the time I'm playing worship in my house, mm-hmm. I've got, you know, I've got my speakers everywhere. Here's my speaker beside <laughs> me. Like, I'm playing worship all the time. Yeah, I don't watch... No, I don't watch rubbish on television. Mm-hmm. I don't watch the news. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I prefer to be in the presence of God. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't watch probably any movies over 12 years of age mm-hmm. uh, because I prefer to be in the presence of God. Mm-hmm. And that's my outworking of improving my conscious contact with God. Mm-hmm. That's how I understand God. Mm-hmm. God's a holy God. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't, I wouldn't allow somebody to live in my house who was effing and blinding in the corner of my living room. Mm-hmm. So why would I have somebody in television doing it? This has been the Freedom Fighter Podcast. Thanks for listening, everybody. If you want to connect with our services or you want more info or details about upcoming events, connect with us online at www.freedomfighter.life or drop us an email at info at freedomfighter.life. Until next time, God bless you.